All right, well, we are continuing our series, uh, The Very Good Design. It's on, the, on marriage and family. We're in Ephesians, and I have to say thank you to Pastor Matt last week for talking to all of us parents about our responsibility. He did a phenomenal job. I'm very thankful uh, for his encouragement and his exposition of God's Word, and I just pray that um, we would all continue to learn. I, I know that we're all at different stages in, in parenting uh, we're kind of, me and my wife are in the, in, right, right in the middle of it, as, as Matt is. Matt's in the middle of it. Some of you are a little on the back side. It's not quite as intense as, as it is for us. But we're all at different journeys, but we all need God's grace. And just thank you. His message was filled with grace for us as parents. Now today, we kind of flip the order. Um, t- technically, the text talks to the kids first and then the parents. But I wanted to speak to the, to, to, to the children and so we flipped the order, and he spoke to the parents last week. So this morning, we're going to speak to the kids. And so it's really straightforward what, what we're looking at. But before we get into Ephesians 6, and, and before we get into what, what, what God commands children and young people, um, and all of us, uh, I just want to mention this to all the, all, all the young people that are here. You know, it, I guess if, if I could sum up what I want for my kids, what I would want them to be like, I would say that, I, you know, kids, we just want you to be like Jesus. Right? Isn't that, isn't that good, right? Just be like Jesus and you'll be okay. That's the goal. Just be like Jesus, act like Jesus, think like Jesus. Just be like Jesus and, and we wouldn't have any problems with you. There would never be any difficulty, right? But we all know the, the reality is, is that nobody, even our children, are like Jesus in every way. We're all increasingly becoming like Jesus, but that's the goal, right? We want our kids to be like Jesus. Now, if you remember, I think if, if you've been in and around church long enough, you remember the story in the Gospels where Jesus left the caravan of, of all the families traveling, and he goes off into the temple by himself. He's 12 years old, and he goes and he begins to sit with, with the, the scribes and the Pharisees, with the, with, with the priests, and begins to talk about the Old Testament, talk about the prophecies, and talk about God's word, and his parents are looking for him. They're looking all over for Jesus, and they, they can't find him. Where's Jesus? Where did he go to? And so they come, and they find him. I just want to read this section here. This is Luke 2, 50 through 51. And so Jesus explains to his parents. He, he says, don't you know, Mom, Dad? I, I'm supposed to be a, in my father's house. Shouldn't you know that? Kids, have you ever wanted to tell your mom and dad that? Like, don't you get it? I don't know if Jesus quite said it like that because he, he was sinless, but, but, but he, I don't think there's any sarcasm in his voice like, like sometimes you might, you know, want to tell us as parents, don't you get it? Don't you understand? But he simply was trying to tell his parents, don't you understand? This is where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be about my father's business. He's called me to do something, and this is where I'm called to be. But then they re- rebuke him as rightfully so right as you know your parents you lose your 12 year old and you find them and you don't know where they're at they're gone for hours and and so but listen to to this verse here says they did not understand the saying that he said to them they didn't get it what he said and he went down with them and came to nazareth and was say that with me submissive to them jesus modeled as a 12 year old child submissiveness submissiveness and obedience to authority to his parents let's go to the next verse there luke 2 52 this is what happened because of his submissiveness and jesus increased in wisdom and in stature 
and in favor with God and man. Four areas there. Wisdom and stature, favor with God and man. So, because he was submissive, because he was obedient, he submitted to the authority of his parents, he grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God and man. And you know what? Those are the four areas we want for our kids, right? It's kind of four categories here. I kind of uh, summed it up like this. We want our kids to have understanding in life. This is the mental area, wisdom. We want them to understand about life, have wisdom for life, physical health and growth. He grew in stature. He grew physically. We want our kids to be healthy physically. So this understanding in life, physical health and growth, and then interpersonal relationships. He grew in favor with man, with God and man. So there's the relational aspect in them. There's the relationship with God. There's the spiritual. So it's, it's, it's the mental, the physical, the relational, and the spiritual. So, so Jesus followed that pattern. He grew in his, he, he grew physically, spiritually. He grew to learn to obey the voice of God more and more as he grew older. He, he grew physically in his physical body. And, and, and he grew in wisdom and, and understanding. And so that's what we're looking for with our children. Is that not right? We want them, we want them to be submissive so that they can be well-rounded in, in every area of their life. And in particular, these four areas. So as, as children, as young people, as teenagers, how are, we go, how are you going to grow in these areas. As we said earlier, it's through submission. It's through recognizing that God has established authority. God has established the people that are in authority over your life, whether it's your parents, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, teachers, principals. Uh, if you're a teenager and you're working, he's, he's given you a, a boss to work under. He's placed authority over your life for the purpose of you growing into a well-rounded young adult. And that's the purpose. That's the goal. But Ephesians 6 gives us the key to submission. So let's, let's look at Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3. And we're going to look at three main things this morning from Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Let's read the text. It says, Children, and it means children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which, which, which is a, a commandment, the first commandment with a promise, so that it will go well with you and that you may live long in the earth, in the land. And so the first thing that we want to see here that's going to help us as young people, help the, 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 the children, the teenagers, the young people to grow in maturity, to be full of wisdom and physical strength and, 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 and growth in interpersonal relationship and their relationship with God, it's, it's this, this first point we're going to look at is firstly, children are called to answer the door. They're called to answer the door. I know you're like, all right, so that means that when the doorbell rings, so the kids have to go and answer the door. I thought I told my kids not to answer the door, especially if they're strangers, so what, what am I talking about here? They're called to answer the door. Well, it's, when it says children obey your parents, that word obey, this is so interesting when I was studying it this week. That word obey means to obey. It means to listen. But it also means literally to answer the door. It means to answer the door. And as a scripture reference in the Strong's Concordance to describe answering the door, it gives this reference in Acts chapter 12. 
Peter had been in prison. Peter had been captured. He was, he was in prison. He got released by the supernatural power of God. And, 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 so, and so he's coming and he's knocking on the door where all the other disciples are. And, and eventually they don't believe Rhoda. Rhoda, this young girl, is going to answer the door. They don't believe Rhoda. Let's, let's listen to this. And when Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all the Jewish people, uh, all that the Jewish people were, were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked on the door, knocked at the door, Peter's knocking at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. She answered the door. So there was a knock on the door and she came and she responded. That's what it means to obey. You, you hear your parents talk and you respond. You answer the door. You answer the door. So, so to obey means to answer the door. You listen and respond. You don't sit and ignore. How many times, parents, do your kids, you say something to your parents and they, to your kids and they don't answer the door. They don't respond. You can't, you can't, Sit there, kids. You have to answer the door. When someone knocks, you've got to answer. You, so you can't sit and ignore. And I know it's not always convenient, right, to your agenda to have somebody knocking on the door, right? You have things that you want to do, video games that you want to play, right, young people? You got, you got, you, you got social media you want to go look at, Snapchat. How many teenagers are on Snapchat? I hope you're not. Facebook, Instagram. When somebody's knocking, you do not ignore. You do what? You answer the door. You answer the door. So let's, let's keep going here. Okay, do y'all, do y'all hear something? Okay, let me go answer the door. All right, this is what it means to obey, right? Children, your parents say something. You have to respond. All right, all right, all right. Who is it? It's Pastor Matt. Did you not hear me knocking on the door? I was, I, I was ignoring you, Pastor Matt. That's, 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 but I was knocking on the door. Exactly, right. So that you, means you open it. So you think it's a good way to illustrate yeah, that absolutely. for children? That when their parents say something, you get, they, have to, they have to respond, correct? That's right. All right, thank you, Pastor right. Matt. So, got to answer the door. <laughs> you hurt your hand there? So, so literally, that's what it means to answer the door. And so, I, I know I was thinking about this. Uh, I knew I was going to do this illustration here. And, and I thought that from now on, all the kids and parents that were here, that when there's a doorbell now at your house, everyone's going to be like, all right, go answer the door. Pastor Ben said you got to answer the door. But the, but the point is this. You have to listen and respond. Obey, submit, respond. So, I just want to say this as we, we transition I know that this might not happen very often for the young people here this morning. It may not happen very, this may not happen very often, but sometimes you might have a thought that comes into your head. And, you know, again, it may not happen very often, but sometimes you may have a thought that comes into your mind, and it, it may be like this. What my parents want me to do doesn't make sense. I know that won't happen very often, that you really think your parents really know what they're doing and they have it all together, but every now and then you may think to yourself, just doesn't make sense. And I just want to tell you, it's not your responsibility to figure out whether it makes sense or not. It's your responsibility to answer the door. Listen and respond. 
Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to go back and forth with them. Well, well, can you explain it to me? Can you give me more details? No, no, just listen, respond, answer the door, respond, obey, submit. Obedience is not required of us. Now look, this is for all of us. You know, we never grow out of this obedience and submission thing, right? So whether you're a kid or you're an adult, obedience is not required of, of us only when we think it makes sense. Adults, you ever struggle to obey because it doesn't make sense? What are we called to do as adults? We're called to answer the door. When we know that God's called us to do something, we have to listen, we hear, and we respond, we move. Obedience is not required of us, young and old, just when it makes sense to us or is convenient to our agenda. I can't tell you the times with my children. I'm not going to name them because they're here, but, you know, I'm not going to call them by name, but... There's times where you want them to, to, to do something and their agenda doesn't line up with your agenda, with my agenda. Whatever their agenda is, it supersedes my agenda in their mind. But it doesn't matter what your agenda is, what you want to do. When your parents say, one, two, three, do this in this order, do it now, that means do it, one, two, three, in this order, do it now. Respond, answer the door. Submission, obedience to your parents is required because it is, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for it is, it's right. It produces righteousness. That's, that's what we're after. It is, it is right. But the key to all of this is the second phrase in that text. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. O- obedience is centered around our motivation. It's, it's, it's that when we obey, it's like we're obeying the Lord. And it's that, isn't that not the goal, parents? That, that we want our kids to obey us because ultimately we want them to obey God. That if, we, if they cannot obey us, if they cannot answer the door, listen and respond to us, when they get older, they're not going to listen and respond to other authority figures and ultimately not to God. And so th- this is the training ground, especially with our younger kids. You know, for my, 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 my precious Reagan, my, my, my Reagan Joy right there, my four-year-old, you know, I'm not really concerned about whether she has a high-level understanding and motivation to, to obey. When I knock, I want her to respond and obey. But motivation is this transition that as you go from that, from that child stage to the adolescent stage, especially the adolescent into teenage stage, then there, there, there needs to begin this motivation shift. That shifts where, where, our, where, where your heart begins to understand that when you do obey your parents, when it doesn't make sense, you're doing it as unto the Lord. You're doing it in the Lord. You guys remember the story in 1 Samuel? God had, God had given Saul, King Saul, instructions and said, I want you to listen to me. I want you to go and to destroy this nation that has been opposing God's people, and I want you to eliminate everyone and everything. Leave nothing standing. That means the animals and everything. Take everything out. The king, everybody. So, he, so the king, king Saul goes and, and he does halfway. He responds and obeys halfway. And so, 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 king, so the prophet Samuel comes to talk to King Saul and, and as, Saul, as, as Samuel gets closer to Saul... So uh, King Samuel could, uh, Prophet Samuel could hear some sheep in the background. So he begins a conversation with King Saul and says, what's this noise that I hear? The Lord said, this is the instructions, this is what you're supposed to do. 
You're supposed to answer to the door, obey, respond, do all that the Lord has commanded you to do. And then Samuel, Saul gives this, this reason. He says, well, well, well we, we, we save the best of the cattle. We save the best of the food. We save the best of everything so that we could present an offering of worship to, to, to your God, to God. We want to worship God. So I listened to the people and we took all this, this stuff and we, we, we came to bring worship. Listen to what the prophet tells Saul. And doesn't that sound good? Wouldn't that sound nice, right? That, that I, I disobeyed God, I disobeyed God so that I could worship God, right? That'd be nice. God, I know you told me to do this. I know you told me to do all of this, but I'm just going to do this because it's a really good idea. I would like to worship you. And we know that's not what the whole motivation was. But listen to what the prophet Samuel said to Saul. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Listen to this. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to listen, to answer the door, to respond than the fat of rams. So this is what I would say about obedience. Obedience is a greater form of worship than any other expression of worship. Obedience is a greater form of worship than any other expression of worship. You could come into this building and express yourself in the time of music, worship music, and could be lifting your hands, but could be full of disobedience in your heart towards the Lord. God would rather you obey Him than to lift disobedient hands and, and, and mouths to the Lord. Obedience is the greatest form of worship. And so that when we obey, it is worship to the Lord. It is in the Lord. We're obeying the Lord. So, so as, as our kids progress, th- th- their motivation begins to change. When they're younger, again, it's you just listen. You obey because I said to obey. But then we want this transition to take place. We want them to begin to understand why. We want their hearts to begin to change so that they can begin to love the, the rules and the laws of God. They can begin to understand the, the reality of that when they obey us, even when it doesn't make sense, when they obey their teachers and their principles and, and authority in their life, they're doing it and it is a great form of worship. So I want to say to all of us, young or old, when you obey the Lord and His ways, it is the greatest form of worship in your life. God doesn't desire all this flattery with our words and our actions. He wants us to obey Him. Amen? He wants us to obey him. So secondly, as we're transitioning here, obedience, simply obeying, is that's the ground level. But now we're going to switch to the deeper level, which is honor. Second, children are called to honor their parents. They're called to answer the door. They're called to obey. They're called to respond. When their parents say, do something, they're called to respond, to listen, to obey. And then secondly, children are called to honor. Honor, Ephesians 6, 2, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Obedience has to do with the physical response. Honor has everything to do with the motivation behind the physical response. It's action and attitude. Action and attitude. Behavior and motivation. This is what we're after. It's action, attitude, behavior, and motivation. It's honoring your parents and again this begins to this should begin to take place as our kids get older as they begin to be six seven eight eight nine ten eleven teenage years they they should begin to learn to honor their father and their mother 
And, and as adults, we're called even still to honor our father and our mother, our grandparents. And so at this level, it, it is a higher level of submission. It is the submission of the, of the heart. That it's not just mom and dad said to do this. It's not just the teacher said to do this. It's, it's not just the law on the street says the speed limit is 55, so I'm going to obey. It's, it's, there's a heart submission. There's an honor to authority. There's a recognition that God has established authority. And I said this earlier with my four-year-old Reagan. I'm not, I'm not looking for her to understand this. She simply needs to obey. But what I want, I want her to, as she gets older, to learn to respect and to honor authority. Honor speaks to our respect and our recognition of the position of our parents that they've been given by God. Of authority figures in our life. Honor and respect recognizes that God gives authority. I read this story a couple weeks ago. Uh, I really hadn't thought about it until this week as I was preparing for this message. How, how many of you know who Greg Norman is? By a show of hands. Okay, that's about probably 10% of the congregation, maybe less. Probably because Greg Norman is a famous golfer. And I know Greg Norman because he's a famous golfer. Greg Norman is from Australia. He's not an American citizen. And I read this story back in 1996. President Bill Clinton was in office. He was, President Clinton was in his, his second year, in his f- first term, second year in 1996. And President Clinton was traveling to Australia, his first trip to, to Australia. President Clinton loves golf. And so he called Greg Norman's uh, representatives. Because if you can go to Australia and you love golf and you're the president of the United States and you want to play golf with somebody, you want to play golf with Greg Norman. So he calls his representatives. The White House calls the representatives. And Greg Norman's representatives say, hey, the White House wants to talk to you. So Greg Norman talks to the White House representative. And in the story that I read, he said to them, I'll see if it fits my schedule. I'll check my schedule. And what Greg Norman said was, he said, he said, I just really didn't like Bill Clinton. He said, I'm not an American citizen, but I'm a conservative. He said, I really didn't like President Clinton's stance on, on a lot of things. And so he called a president that he did like. He called George H.W. Bush, 41. And so he called George H.W. Bush, and George H.W. Bush, this is a recount of the conversation. This is Greg Norman saying, to President George H.W. Bush. I'm not too sure whether I want to play with President Clinton, Norman said, recounting his part of the conversation with Bush. I'm not too sure whether I'm fond of his blah, blah, blah. Bush stopped me mid-sentence, and he said, you will go play and respect the office of the President of the United States. And when I read that, when I was studying this this week, I thought that's, that's, that's good, right? That's That's honor. That's respect. You may not understand what people in authority over you are doing or saying. You may not agree. But God is the one who establishes authority. Authority is given by God. That's what Romans 13 says. Romans 13 says this. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from who? No authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. There's an honor to authority, to our parents. And look, this honor and, and respect that, that we have, it transitions in all of life. 
We have to honor authority when God's placed people in authority. So I, I just want to say this to all the young people here. Are your parents perfect? You can, you can say no. Say it. Your parents perfect? No. And they never will be. Perfection is not the standard that determines your honor and respect. It's not. Your honor and respect comes because the Lord asked you to. Because it is what God has established. It, it, it is His order. It, it is His way. And I don't agree with every political leader that's ever come around our country. But you know what really bothers me? It really, really bothers me. Whenever sports teams that win championships refuse to go by invitation to the White House. If the White House calls you, the president says, I want you to come to my house and have dinner with me, you go, even if he serves you a Big Mac. Y'all saw that? The Clemson team. They got McDonald's and pizza, right? You go. Because it's the office of the President of the United States. And sometimes I think these athletes, they, they think they rule the world. They think that they, what they do in their sphere of influence really matters a whole, whole lot. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what is athletics but a game? And so when the President calls, you go. You respond out of respect, out of honor for the position that God has given him. So we need a return in our culture of young people respecting those who are in authority in their lives. We need a return in our country of young people that respect authority. And I have a list here. Parents respecting their parents, grandparents, teachers, police officers and military, older men and women, Young people respecting the elderly, older men and women, spiritual leaders. We need a return in our culture of our young people respecting those that are in authority. We need a return of, of yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. We need a return of respectful body language. Young people, when you're in the presence of somebody that's in authority over your life, sit up. Listen, eye contact, shake their hand, re- speak respectfully to them, act like it really matters to you. Come on, re- 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 return. A return to respectful body language, not argumentative. Oh, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. I know I'm not supposed to talk about anybody but myself or about Jesus. I'm here to exalt Christ. But man, no arguing, young people. I'm going to look over here and over here. All you young people all over here, don't argue with your authority. A return to not being argumentative. A return to how, a, a how can I help you attitude. How can I help you? I'm here to serve you. I think sometimes it's, it's, if we're not careful, we can create kids who believe that the world really does revolve around them. And when they, when they can be on a screen the next time. How can I help you attitude? A return to opening the door for women and the elderly. Open the door for those that are in front of you. Don't seek to be the first. You, you, you ever watch kids? It's a really great experiment. Watch kids whenever they're told to, to line up. 
for something that they're excited about. I mean, it is like a mad dash. They're moving around. They're pushing people around. They're trying to get to be the first in line. We need to return to, hey, how can I help you? I don't want to be the first in line. It's okay. I'm going to get what is coming to me. It's okay if you're in front of me. We need to return in our culture of our young people recognizing that the things that they have are not free. And that someone before them worked hard to provide for them. Amen? Amen. Things are not free. And we need young people. And you know what happens when our young people understand this? They, they say, yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. They're respectful. They honor authority. What happens is as young people, they grow older. And then they start applying for jobs. And whenever those employers are looking for employees, they look at these kids and they think, wow. Look at the respect. Look at how he talks to me. Look, look at his body language. Look at her body language. Look at the way they present themselves. And we start having believers in Jesus Christ, respectful kids that, that, that are in being employed in places of, of influence and prominence in, in, in our area, in our country, right? That's the goal. It's that we would exalt Christ and represent him everywhere that we go. It's honor, respect, gratitude, and humility. Honor, respect, gratitude and humility amen Amen. young people there is a promise connected with all of this you got to answer the door got to obey you got to honor and respect because god established authority but you know what's amazing about this is there's there's a promise connected with all of this and what's the promise this is our third point as we conclude here if you obey and honor it will go well with you if you obey and honor, it will go well. That's what the text says. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So here's the promise. If you will obey the authority that God has placed in your life, if you will not only obey but honor and respect them through your attitude and actions, it will go well with you and you will live long in the land, in the earth. So what does that, what does that mean that it would go well with you? And that you will live long. I found a section of scripture here. This is Proverbs chapter 4. It's a long section. I just want to read 15 verses to you. This is for all of us. I want us to listen. What does it mean that if you obey and honor authority, that it will go well with you? Listen to Proverbs 4. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction. And be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast to my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Instruction, wisdom from your parents, from authority figures, when you submit and obey, they will keep you. Love her, love authority, love wisdom, love instruction, and she will guard you. Wisdom will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. You will look beautiful. Obedience looks beautiful she will bestow you a beautiful crown hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many i have taught you the way of wisdom i have led you in the paths of uprightness when you walk your step will not be hampered and if you run you will not stumble 
Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away and pass on. Turn away from it and pass on. So here's what it means. As we were reading in Proverbs, it's the idea that, it's the, it's the, it's the idea that whenever we obey, children, young people, when you obey adults, when you submit to authority that God's placed in your life, it's going to go well with you. And how, how is it, how, it going to go well with you? It's kind of like this. It's not, that when you, it's not that when you obey the Lord as kids and you honor your father and mother as kids that you're promised to live 120 years. Because we know that that's not true, right? Some kids that are obedient and submissive, they, they, they might die early. So that's not what he's saying there. What he's saying there is that it will go well with you in the land where you live. It will go well with you and you will live, you will live long. You will live well. You will live long. Your life will not be cut off when it should not be cut off. But here's what happens when you, when you, when you don't submit to authority, when you live life like you, are, like you are the center of the universe and the only one that's on this planet and you make decisions based upon it's how you feel, it's what you want to do. And you reject authority, you reject submission. You are out from under the protection of the Lord. So it's kind of like this umbrella. It's protection. So let's just pretend this, this morning that it's storming outside. It's just lots of storm. There's no lightning, right? So there's no lightning, but it's lots, lots of rain. And I'm outside. And so obeying the Lord, honoring, obeying your parents, honoring your father and your mother, it's going to protect you from what's out there, right? That doesn't mean, though, that a car is not going to come by and hit the mud puddle and slosh mud all over your nice shoes that you have and your clothes, right? But you are far more protected than you would have been had you just put off restraint. Had you just said, well, you know what? It doesn't really matter. I want to do what I want to do. And you just try to chart out your life on your own. No, no, you, you submit to authority. You come under the protection and the blessing of authority of, of, of those that God's placed over your life. You submit doesn't mean life's going to be perfect, but it means life will be under the umbrella, the protection of God and his ways. You guys follow me? It will go, it will go well with you in the earth, in the land. And that's, that, that is the point. That's what we're after. That's what we're after. You know, I, I believe if we talk to all the parents here and the grandparents, aunts, uncles, all those that are raising kids, it is one of the greatest desires of my heart for my children that they would live the life that God's called them to live, that they would be all that God's called them to be, that they would fulfill the purposes that God has for them. You know, I have desires for, for my children like all of you have, but what I want for my kids is not my desires. What I want for them is what God has uniquely made them to be, created them to be. And I know that if they're going to be uniquely who God's called them to be, it's going to be in part because of how they respond to authority in their life. That if, if, if a young person doesn't submit to authority, doesn't recognize God-ordained authority as they grow older, their usefulness is going to be hindered. And what God can do through them is going to be hindered because it is, still is true that God, 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 God honors and protect, God honors and, incur, and, 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 and brings blessing to young people who obey and honor. And he does the same thing to adults. And if we don't learn it as kids, 
We won't live in it as adults. And, and there is such a blessing when you see an adult, someone who is fulfilling God's purposes for their life, you recognize that you see the submission, the respect to authority, the humility. That wasn't developed overnight. That was developed from when they were younger. That was developed from, from going through difficulties and challenges, but learning and growing, but continually submitting to and honoring God and the authority he's placed in their life. Amen? Amen. Won't you stand to your feet with me? I'd like to end like this. I know with the, with the husbands and wives, we all spoke to each other, and I, we spoke loving words to each other. And so I'm not going to get all the parents and grandparents to speak loving words to their kids or kids to the parents. So that would be nice if we had all our kids talk to us and tell us how awesome we are. <laughs> maybe, we, maybe we should have done that. Should have had all the, par- all the kids could have passed out papers, and you guys just tell us how amazing we are. But what we're going to do is, instead of doing that, we're, gonna, we're just going to lay hands on, on our kids. So if it's grandparents, parents, aunts, uncles, whoever you are, if, if there are young people with you, and I don't care if your kids are adults, if your kids are with you and they're adults, put your hands on them. And we're going to pray for our kids. We're going to thank God for our children. We're going to bless them. Amen? Well, Lord, we come together as a church family. We lay hands on our children. Lord, your word says that children are a blessing from the Lord. They are the heritage of the righteous. We thank you for our children. Lord, we pray a blessing over them. We thank you, Lord, that your word was spoken today, and we pray that they would learn to answer the door, that they would respond, that they would obey. Lord, and as they consistently obey, we pray that you would work in their heart and that they would develop an honor and a respect for authority. We pray that the young people in this church would be young people that are respectful, obedient, God-honoring in their life. And we pray that you would raise them up to do great things in this life. Thank you for our children. We love them so much. Such great blessings in our life. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.